Hello, and welcome to Good Vibes Bad Bitches Podcast, a podcast for strippers and bad bitches. I'm your host, Sarah Merrifield. I'm a current dancer, certified pole instructor, and life coach. In this podcast, I offer tips and tricks in and out of the workplace to start awakening the bad bitch inside of you. Whether you're thinking about dancing, are new to the industry, or are an experienced dancer, I'll help provide the tools to level up your game. And even if you aren't a dancer, there will be plenty of info in here to awaken your inner baddie. So let's get started so you can start living the lifestyle of your dreams. What is up, all my strippers and bad bitches? So... Someone who recently followed the podcast told me that they would love to learn how I got into dancing. So I thought that would be a great first episode. Um, So the short answer is when I was 18, I quit McDonald's and became a stripper. And that's it. But it goes way, way deeper than just wanting to be a stripper one day. So I remember... As young of an age as you get put into t-ball, because my mom put me in t-ball, but I was never really a sports girl. I was more interested in the flowers in the outfield, and I remember literally screaming to my mom across the outfield and asking her when snack time was. I probably embarrassed the shit out of her, but we both laugh about it now. (laughs) Um, I remember being in gymnastics. My mom took me out of that. I don't know if it was just too expensive. And then I also remember trying out for cheerleading, but I did not get in. I never really had any professional training in cheerleading, um, but I was pretty bummed out that I didn't get in. But I did have a few other interests that would have been art, theater, and dance. And in sixth grade, I did get the lead in Oliver Twist. And now I kind of look back and think, oh, I'm not really surprised because I uh, I never did any more plays, but I can definitely see how I use that talent now, um, much later in life. Um, but I was also, um, it was also in sixth grade when I went to my first dance. They were called socials and I wasn't really, I wasn't popular. I was friends with a lot of different cliques. But I saying my main click was actually not really the quote unquote popular crowd. Like I know a lot of people will be like, oh, you probably just thought you weren't popular, but you were popular. Like, no, I'm not joking you. Like my friends and I, I, we were not, we were nerds and I'm still kind of a nerd to this day, but I'm proud of it. But I'm not kidding you. Like we had a cello player and a girl that was super into like anime and I'm just telling you like we were the weirdos we were not popular um I think I was just the one that could kind of like bounce around because I liked everyone um but I'm being serious. Like I I knew who the popular girls were. It was not it was not me and my crowd. <laughs> but when I went to my first social was when the girls that were quote unquote popular were telling me like, "Wow, Sarah, you you really can't dance." And no one ever really taught me how to dance. I just started moving to the music. And I always loved music. 
um, but I'd never been introduced to it in a public setting like at the dance. So um, that was when I first started getting attention from being able to dance. And it became sort of like an addiction that grew and grew, not in a bad way. Um, but I realized that dances that even though I wasn't popular, I was still getting attention. And it was at a dance that I quote unquote was able to steal one of the most popular girl at school's boyfriend. Now I do not condone this behavior, but I was an attention seeking 12 year old who had figured out she could get what she wanted because people were noticing the ways that she could move. And I felt powerful when I could dance and when I would dance and people would gravitate towards me. And I developed a bond with other friends over dancing. And I would just go to as many dances as I could if I was grounded and could not go to a dance, it felt like my heart was ripping out of my chest. So even like I would do dances with friends and talent shows. So I even did one with two cheerleaders, which is hilarious since I didn't make the cheerleading team. And in high school, I was in dance instead of sports, but it was outside of school because ironically, I didn't even make the dance team in high school. Um, whenever I was dancing, though, it always felt so natural. Like nothing was out of my comfort zone. I never felt like I was forcing myself to be sexy for other people. It was always something that I wanted to do. I always did it for, for me. It made me feel good. Um, so then, you know, high school, you're going through puberty, you're, you're learning your body. And I noticed that, of course, I could also get things I wanted by flirting and dressing a particular way. Um, and let's just say, I don't think some teachers were too shocked when they found out I became a dancer at 18. So let me take a moment and just back up and rewind just for a second. I want to point out that I had mentioned that I did get turned down for cheerleading and dance, both in middle school and high school. And that did not stop me from continuing to pursue some sort of dance in the future. And while dancing and stripping is temporary for some people, I I knew that this was much more for me. I knew that this was something that I was extremely passionate about and I didn't let those things stop me. So if you have something that you're totally passionate about, I just wanted to point out, fuck what everybody else thinks or has to say or judges you for. Because at the end of the day, if you are meant to pursue something and it is your passion, the universe will align that for you and it will put it in your path. The second thing I wanted to address was I understand that lots of girls, you know, in high school flirted and dressed sexy for other reasons. I understand the stigmas around women and I understand that not everybody who also did those things becomes dancers. And I understand 
how women are looked at and the views of women. I am a complete feminist and I understand that some of those things are issues. You know, why do we have to dress a certain way or try and look pretty to get the things that we want? We don't. I had just noticed that I could take advantage of these things in high school. I'm not saying that it's appropriate for everyone and I'm not condoning men's behavior, but I did want to say I incorporated those things later into my dancing career. And what I mean by men's behavior is just the ability to use the attention that I was getting to manipulate and get what I want and not in a maladaptive way. It was more innocent back then, but I hope you guys understand what I'm trying to say. So recapping after high school, um, I did go to art school for a year, um, dropped out of that and then became a dancer after I moved home. Me and my mom got in a bad fight. I had just had a year of freedom and I was not very fond of the rules and regulations that she was imposing on me. So I did quit McDonald's and yes, became a stripper. (laughs) This was in 2007 and the internet was out, but smartphones were not. So it's not like I could hop online and read reviews of a bunch of clubs and figure out which one was the best fit for me, I literally was just extremely impulsive. And when it came to McDonald's also, I had come home from college and went straight into working like eight to fours every day for two weeks. And that is when I first learned I was not a morning person. But when it came to finding my first club, I, yeah, it was, I was just crazy impulsive. And the internet was not what it is now. Did not have as many resources readily available. Hell, I still used MapQuest. And for those listening who don't know what that is, please Google it. (laughs) Um, I knew of one strip club. It was the closest one to my hometown. And I called my aunt to go with me uh, to audition because she was an ex-dancer and she supported me. So I waltzed in, makeup all done up and talked to the manager and they told me to come back the next day for an audition. So I did that. I did not come back with my aunt though. My aunt and I checked out the club and I remember her saying that she wasn't very fond of the club, but ironically, this club was actually pretty nice compared to some of the other clubs that I will talk about that I've been at in later episodes. But um, the next day I go next door, there was a boutique to the club and I had one credit card. My limit was $500. And if anybody knows, stripper shit is very expensive. I like maxed out like half of my credit card usage on buying myself one outfit and a pair of boots. And I remember I had to have these boots. They were like knee high pink satin stripper shoes. And I got a white and pink outfit. I'll 
like never forget it. The bottom was like a little skirt and it had pink ribbon, like almost like corset, but on the bottom. And then the top was like also white and with pink ribbon, I think, but I'll just, I'll never forget that first outfit in those first pair of shoes. And now that I look back, I'm like, oh my God, those were the worst shoes I could have possibly ever bought because they were silky and they did not stick to the pole at all. But I didn't know that many tricks. So I didn't know any when I first started. So it's, it's fine. But this isn't where the story ends because I didn't just get into dancing once. After leaving my first club to go down the road to a hole in the wall bikini bar where there will be many future episodes about (laughs) because it was a complete shit show, but it was a good time, but it was a shit show. But I met a guy and I left dancing for him. Of course, one of the typical cliche stripper, you know, ending stories, but red flag ladies never leave dancing for someone who has a problem with it when they literally met you there. Needless to say, this was one of the most abusive and controlling relationships I've ever been in. Um, And I'm sure I will have a future episode or two or three on that relationship. But I finally broke away from him after seeing him for a year and a half, for a year and a half. Thank God I was able to kind of awaken and and get out of that. But it wasn't until two years after I um, left him that I revisited the idea of dancing. I went back to the same club that I started at. The boyfriend that I was with was weary about it, but we were a little rocky and I thought that this would help me feel better about my self-expression and it did. I absolutely, I went back and I remember I had been working out. I felt amazing. Even the managers had said something about like this girl, like she's it or something like that. But my friends were all like, Sarah, you're better than that. And Not only did I put my boyfriend, so his opinions above what I wanted to do at the time, um, it was, I I went back one more time after we actually completely ended it. And that's when my friends were like, Sarah, you're better than that. And then I put their opinions also above what I wanted to do. So the closest thing I would say to dancing when you're not a dancer is waitressing and bartending. You're getting tips, you're getting cash, you're getting it in your pocket every single night. And of course, you do kind of have to put on a hustle game. And you know, the more you flirt, the better tips you'll get, blah, 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 all that stuff. Eventually, years and years later, probably about after like six years of doing that, I did get a corporate job. But It wasn't until almost 10 years later, after the first time I quit dancing, that I went back. Another life change. I quit a corporate job and I said that I just wanted to go back to bartending. I had just finished Jen Sincero's You're a Badass and it literally lit a fuel in my soul and it still inspires me to this day. And If you personally know me, I recommend this book to everyone. Even if you've heard of like the law of attraction or delved into spirituality a little bit, Jen talks about it just like I'm talking to you right now. It literally feels like you are talking to one of your best friends when you are just reading her book. 
This book makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It is so amazing. But I was already I was already knowledgeable about the secret and the law of attraction. But Jen was 40 years old and she was living in a converted garage with a busted ass car turned millionaire by 50. I don't even want to be a millionaire, but if she could do that, I felt like I'm pretty sure I could do anything. Why was I wasting my precious time at this corporate job? I was only doing it because I thought it would make my parents proud. I thought it would make my family proud by like joining the rat race and trying to climb the corporate ladder. But I realized like we only have this one life. Like why wasn't I trying to live my wildest dreams? Who was I? When did I start putting myself into this cage and and trying to tame these wild parts of me that were always just part of my personality? So I started practicing the law of attraction all the time. I was helping others in my corporate job with all kinds of things. I even helped a couple girls leave the corporate job because I knew that they were just like they were becoming miserable like me and they started pursuing their own dreams. I was literally made for more than just clocking in and clocking out. And I remember going to like the morning meetings and listening to my managers try and tell me how important it was, the metrics, the numbers, get as many calls in. And I'm literally staring at them wide-eyed like, really? This is it? This is this is what's fucking important to you people? Like, I felt like I had so much more of a connection when I was just bartending, talking to people. Like, this was just such a huge world change. And I'm not saying that corporate is bad or bad jobs for people, but it just wasn't me. I am a wild and free spirit. And I was just kind of like, what the fuck am I doing at the end of the day? So I wasn't going to be irresponsible, but I wanted to start somewhere and I needed to start with a plan. So my plan was put in my one month notice. And in the long term, I knew that I wanted to be some sort of an entrepreneur, but my my go-to wasn't, I'm going to quit corporate job and go back to dancing. That isn't at all what I thought I was going to do. But I couldn't just jump into entrepreneurship right away. So I needed to get out of the environment that was sucking my soul dry. So that's when I put the one month in. And um, I love my bosses. I love my team. But again, I'm just a free spirit and it just wasn't for me. So I made a plan to go back to bartending, actually. So even though I thought, you know, this might be a pay cut, I was at least happier and I got to connect to people and I didn't have so much pressure put on me to fit in this little box and clock in and look a certain way and don't say these things. Being a bartender for anybody that is a bartender at a non-corporate place knows you have very much freedom to wear what you want to wear, freedom of expression. You can talk how you want. You don't have to, you know, censor yourself, so to say, minus, you know, the big three that you shouldn't talk about at a bar. So going back to bartending, I definitely felt like I would be happier even though I was taking a pay cut. Um, I talked to my partner at the time about applying to be a bartender at a strip club because I was like, ooh, I bet that would be fun and that would probably bring in more money than just like a normal bartending job. So I did get hired by two strip clubs. I applied for 
two in the surrounding area. One hired me as a bartender, but it was further away. And then one hired me as a waitress and said I could work my way up to bartending, which was 10 minutes down the road. So with my terrible ADD and time management, I chose the closer one. So I was on a journey of self-love and manifestation and no one could stop me. So as soon as I started waitressing, like I had that down pat, like I was good as a waitress and a bartender before. So I was like, okay, sweet. Like I just had a little, af- bleh, I just have to add a little bit of hustle game into this. So I started making money. Then I started, you know, slowly started dressing sexier. I leveled up to a shot girl eventually and was started making like way more money than I was when I was waitressing. And I had way more freedom. So I had more freedom to uh, wear what I wanted to and pick what days I wanted to work, which is way more freedom than any other job I had had, even bartending and waitressing before. Um, Literally, this was the most freedom I had since I had first started dancing and could just go into work whenever the fuck I wanted. So I didn't even want to bartend at this point because I was having so much fun being the shot girl. And in corporate, I had a fixed budget. At my highest wage in 2018, I was literally getting paid $16.50 an hour. Remember, this was pre-pandemic and before minimum wage was really given a hard look at. And I remember putting back, when I was in corporate, a $6 silverware holder because I knew I could find it cheaper at a Goodwill and I needed to pinch every penny I could. The story is such a staple to me because... I feel such gratitude anytime I want to buy something now. Still to this day, anytime I'm like, oh, I need trash bags or, oh, I want to buy some slippers or, oh, my cats need their food or my bunnies need their food or I need to go get an oil change. I feel such gratitude because I am not worried. Oh my God, like, do I have enough money? Am I going to be able to do this? And I'm not rich by any means, but I have, I I am able to just go out and be able to get those things if I need that. And it feels so fucking nice. Maybe one day I'll be rich, but I'm not there yet. (laughs) To some people, I might actually be considered rich, but you know, everything's perspective. But as a shot girl, I was literally making more than I was in corporate and I was part-time. So Eventually at the club when we were low on girls, the manager would see if I wanted to go and do a stage set at the end of the night. And I actually wasn't taking off any clothes here. Um, And then our our club is only topless and we use pasties anyways, but I did have to come to some sort of a compromise with my partner at the time. Um, And then they started asking if I wanted to go in rotation with the girls Um, And I wasn't allowed to give dances or do like any rooms or anything that the normal dancers at the club were allowed to do. And that was a no-no also in my relationship, which I was totally fine with. I just loved getting up on stage. I loved dancing. I loved performing. And I loved the attention, obviously. So the relationship that I was in did start to get rocky, but we just were going in two different directions. So after we split, I finally realized that I no longer cared what others' opinions were of me. 
I already was good enough for myself and I officially started dancing. Cue the literal best years of my life and I am in my 30s. My best years started when I was in my 30s. So I am 34 now. I have never made as much money as I do. I have never loved myself more and I continue to manifest and make my dreams come true. I also have an extremely loving and supportive partner through all of this. So each year literally feels like it's getting better and better and better and I am going to keep pushing and pushing. But I really do feel like it all started when I made the decision for myself that I wanted to go and start dancing again. I needed to stop letting everyone else's opinions come and and thoughts and kind of image for what they wanted me to be be before my own image of me. And I've turned it into what I want to be. I'm still, you know, I I completely understand having boundaries and setting certain boundaries with partners and and I get that but this was something that I always had wanted to get back into and I understand it's not for everyone but for me it felt like the most freeing and amazing thing that I could do for myself so I've come a long long way since I first got back into dancing uh, I literally only knew three pole tricks and my technique was so terrible. I didn't even know a pirouette. Um, my cl- I don't even think I could climb a pole, honestly. Um, but I did know a few things. Um, and now I'm a certified pole instructor for beginner and elementary and I'm on my way to intermediate. Um, and I would love to open my own studio or co-run one or do one part-time but we will touch base on that in other episodes. Um, 2007 me, dancer me, didn't even know how to hustle at at all. Like I knew nothing. I did not know how to talk to people. I would get lucky every once in a while. Um, And I was absolutely terrible at saving my money and doing anything with that. So I've definitely come a long way. And and I kind of learned how to talk to people and how to hustle in my waitressing and bartending years. Not in the same way as dancing, but definitely um, helped me learn how to talk to people before getting back into dancing. So I did have that under my belt as well. But the point is getting into dancing can be as easy as wanting to dance and quitting and auditioning and knowing nothing and no one and getting hired or it can be hard as hard as overcoming fear and overcoming judgment and really having to learn that self-love to not give a fuck what other people think or quitting jobs or maybe you're stepping out of your comfort zone to be able to audition and be a dancer. Being a dancer is ballsy. Shit even even if you audition and then you decide you don't want to be a dancer, that's fucking ballsy too. People are usually afraid to take a big risk. But as Jensen Chero says, if you want to live a life you've never lived, you have to do things you've never done. Without risk, there is no reward. So 
I will leave a link to Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass, the book that I say changed my life in the um, notes for the podcast. Um, I hope that you look into this book because it lit a fire within my soul and I hope that it does the same thing to yours. And just to FYI, this book has literally nothing in it about dancing. It is just so good for anybody who needs some self-confidence, needs a hype woman in their corner, needs some extra fuel to get started and really start living their life and not settle for the mediocre. This book is just literally awesome for help rewiring any negative parts of your brain. And it's a great source of entertainment as well. So I just wanted to clarify that. So me being a dancer, that's how I started. Not once, not twice, not three times, but I'd say it was like the fourth time I finally went back, really accepted this is me. This is what I want to do. And I have really been pushing myself to get better and better and better for the past four years. I am not going anywhere. <laughs> so anybody who isn't following the podcast, please do. And you can find me on social media platforms I am Good Vibes Bad B on Instagram, where you can see me do a bunch of pull tricks and post some sexy pictures, of course. But drop me a DM if you have any other future ideas for episodes or you'd like to hear me talk about anything. I have a ton of stuff written down for future episodes, but I would love to hear your feedback. Also, eventually, I will probably be making some sort of a Facebook group or a Patreon or something where just my people that are following the podcast can get together and maybe we can talk about what was talked about in the episode and things like that. So anybody who is listening that isn't following, please give me a follow. Go find me on social media and drop me a DM for your thoughts about the podcast. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I hope that I see all my bad bitches next time. <laughs>